Hi, this is Sandy Laycox, Editor-in-Chief of Leaders Edge. A few months ago, the Council formed a task force to see how we could help business leaders as they begin to return to their physical workspaces. The Council has delved into the topic from many angles, from physical safety to trust in leadership to how to redesign your office. As an offshoot of that, we began to think about how Leaders Edge could complement that work. The result is our new podcast series, Industries at Work, COVID-19 edition. In this series, we'll explore different industries as they continue to work through the pandemic or begin the process of transitioning back into their physical workspace. We'll hear from a variety of stakeholders interviewed by members of the Council's task force team. Our first podcast features Terry McCann, President and Managing Director of RT Specialty Chicago. Terry directs RT's construction practice and is talking with the Council's Director of Market Intelligence, Rob Boyce. Because many construction projects were deemed essential at the outset of the COVID-19 pandemic, Terry discusses how the industry quickly changed its practices to remain at work safely during the outbreak. He also talks about pricing impacts, carrier responses, and what the future of construction may bring. Let's give it a listen. Good morning, Terry. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks. All right, let's let's jump right in. You've been in the industry for over 20 years now and working as a director for RT Specialties Construction, construction Practice for exactly 10 years now. Clearly, we are in unprecedented times. Just to start off, can you please briefly describe COVID-19's impact on the construction industry and more specifically how liability and other related coverages have been affected in the midst of this pandemic? Sure, thanks, Rob. You know, we've seen an incredible growth in the construction industry uh, the last 10 years coming out of the recession. There were so many projects and uh, whether infrastructure, residential, commercial that were you know, put on delay in the in the late in the early 2000s, and coming right into around 2010, we've seen just robust activity catching up. So the last 10 years have been incredibly active. So what we are doing is is managing, you know, some uncertainty in the midst of those projects. We have so many uh, complex projects and all over the country that are are in the midst of the construction and they've been, you know, put through an extreme challenge of, of navigating um, supply chain, worker safety, uh, and job site issues, uh, as well as timing issues, you know, for their, for their customers and, and managing that the past uh, 60 days has, has been really incredible. Well, you, you mentioned in a previous conversation, while while some job sites have have uh, been forced to slow down, others have been working with a breakneck speed due to you know not as many drivers on the road. Uh, certain certain areas like airports not having very limited capacities, allowing these construction projects to really to really get ahead uh, compared to where they would be. Could you elaborate on that, please? Sure, Rob. You know. Early on in, in the COVID crisis, there was a lot of uncertainty whether construction sites would be allowed to remain open. And the vast majority of, of jurisdictions and municipalities have deemed construction as, as a critical uh, business or essential business. And we've seen them stay open for the most part. Um, 
what they've had to do uh, is obviously change their their usual uh, routines as far as um, PPE safety and, and and different job site security measures uh, around the virus. But you know, one thing, uh, as well as the amount of workers available, but several things have have been positive. You know, from recent conversations with a large contractor. Uh, one uh, on a large concrete high-rise, they said that they were able to really pour a lot quicker than they would have, which has allowed them to complete um, many floors ahead of schedule. So um, that is offsetting some of the challenges of, you know, material procurement uh, that they've faced. But uh, there's been some highlights, and it just shows to the adaptability of the construction business to uh, you know, control what they can control and, and what they can't control, you know, work around. Mm-hmm. It's great to hear that there's a, a silver lining there. Um, so you mentioned in a previous conversation that, that many of these projects and, and the forecast ability to complete this um, project in a certain timeline was fairly aggressive. And in some instances, the pandemic made it nearly impossible to, to meet those timelines. How has that impacted markets and, and underwriting for the insurance and reinsurance industry when it comes to construction and some of these ongoing projects? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, you know, what we've seen over the past 10 years is projects becoming increasingly more complex, um, whether it be an infrastructure project, uh, a bridge, a dam, a tunnel, um, airport and transportation infrastructure you know all of these projects are are becoming more complex as well as um, condo uh, high-rise condo buildings to apartment communities all of them are are becoming more complex so i think that those those timelines were always uh, challenged you know because the costs of these projects have increased so substantially over the years and what the COVID crisis has done is obviously slowing down their ability uh, to procure supplies, to uh, keep people on the, the job site, has, has stressed out the market for a couple things. You know, carriers have written these policies, you know, for example, five years uh, on these project policies, and many of the markets can't accommodate a term uh, over five years without uh, some reinsurance approval. And those the pricing of those projects uh, from five years ago is is nowhere near the pricing now, and there's uh, a possibility that there's been some adverse loss activity on these projects. And there's also issues where some of the reinsurers or the carriers that were on those projects five years ago aren't in this space anymore, uh, or not, well, you know, writing the type of projects that they were on. So it, it brings some challenges for timing so many carriers are able to handle that you know and and they've allowed the extra time whether it be a year 18 months or you know something even shorter Uh, but some have not and and some of these projects were were behind before the crisis and this crisis obviously will will highlight that and and in some cases we've had to replace uh, entire programs mid midstream and and we have done that and we're, we're doing it on a on a monthly basis um, and, and rewriting these. Yeah, very, very interesting. So from the financial perspective, how has COVID-19 impacted 
you know, some of these contracts and projects. If a, an owner or a contractor is unable to make a payment of premium or if the project has been delayed, what are their options and how is their, their coverage impacted? You know, I, I commend the insurance markets for working with the clients. We've had, you know, from mid-March to now early June, we've had several occasions, Rob, where insureds have, have looked for flexibility on on terms, whether it be audits or uh, adding exposure and, and or looking for extra time. And, and the markets have responded uh, in almost every case of accommodating those requests from their policyholders, you know, within reason. And, and it has been, um, you know, very enlightening to see, you know, that relationship right. flourish. Have, have policies changed at all when it, when it comes to, you know, requiring communicable disease exclusions and, you know, the, the fact that COVID has, you know, transferred, uh, transferred in the air? How does that, that liability, has it changed underwriting at all? Yeah, there's no question that, you know, a construction underwriter who's quoting a large practice policy or a, a large wrap-up, you know, was never underwriting to, you know, a pandemic such as COVID. So, you know, they're underwriting to premise liability of a job site or construction defect on the project. Uh, they weren't underwriting to, you know, this virus. So we have seen, uh, you know, the vast, you know, very large majority of carriers adding a communicable disease to these policies, um, you know, where necessary. Uh, we've seen some right. that haven't, but it, it's becoming. Well, given where we are in, in the economy and what we've seen over the past three or so months, have you seen any change in how banks, uh, you know, if they're becoming tighter on who they work with and how this impacts small, mid-size and, and large developers uh, when, it, when, you know, when getting deals through? Uh, how's the activity been around that? You know what we've seen is that, uh, which is very encouraging. We've we've seen that, you know, early on in March, uh, in early April, we have seen some some delays in projects um, that have just needed more time to to sort out or to start, you know, for varying reasons. But the encouraging part is that we have seen many of the projects start, you know, on time. You know, the inception of new wraps we have seen that and keep in mind that some of these projects have been in the planning phase for years you know whether it could be three four and five years especially some of these more complex uh infrastructure projects so we have seen those you know start very close to on schedule you know which is encouraging you know most likely because that financing you know has been secured you know whether it be through a large private um financing or, or public financing. When it comes to, you know, underwriting and, you know, we're seeing some some tightening in the market and, and pricing has been increasing, you know, well prior to, to the pandemic. How has, have you seen any impact from the pandemic uh, specifically on, on pricing and how underwriting is, is working? And, and you mentioned the combined ratio of insurance over the past uh, several years. Do you mind elaborating on that? Well, I think, you know, the, the market has been, uh, you make an excellent point, Rob, the market has been, you know, firming for, you know, almost, I would say, the last 12 months, we've seen a firming in different classes of business. And we've seen 
that same firming in construction. Construction was probably one of the last ones to see uh, some some price increase. But I think what we see from the pandemic, Rob, is that it's it's accentuating and highlighting and accelerating what was already happening in our business. You know, what we've seen is uh, a little more conservative approach on pricing. We've seen a more conservative approach on limit offering. We've seen a little bit of restriction in coverages. In most cases, have the markets adapted to the needs of the of the insured? Absolutely. Um, but we, we have seen some uh, some changes in regards to capacity and, and that has also had a you know adverse pricing impact to the customer. Um, but if if you look, you know, most of the carriers that are in this space have had challenges with loss history. I mean, we're also coming out of a 10-year cycle of some of the most competitive pricing, you know, ever in the insurance business. So, you know, all those confluences of of, of events are kind of coming together, and, and the shorter limits, the increased pricing, you know, are having an adverse effect, you know, uh, on the customer. Absolutely. So civil authority has, has been a big buzzword in the industry lately. And, you know, if a job site uh, or project is shut down due to civil authority, how are carriers handling waived premiums or are they extending coverage for projects taking longer than expected? Have they been pretty adaptable? Yeah, I've only had a couple instances um, of projects being shut down in, in those cases. Uh, the markets have been very accommodating in extending and you know fast forward those were somewhat short of shutdowns it was a week or two at max i haven't seen any prolonged shutdown in any jurisdictions so i you know i know you work with a lot of uh, contractors and, and risk managers specifically so when reopening uh, job sites, starting new projects, or even continuing current projects in the midst of a pandemic, what precautions have been uh, taken to keep job sites safe and, and, and workers safe on the site? Yeah, thanks, Rob. I've had many conversations with uh, risk managers and contractors, you know, via the, their request in some instances to you know, extend projects or, or get some accommodation from the markets. And the markets have asked that question, what is being done to, you know, keep the job site safe? And, and I give credit to these contractors. Um, while many of, many of them are local, they, you know, procure supplies globally. And they were way ahead, uh, you know, even December and January, um, they were keenly aware of the outbreaks in Europe and China and the challenges that that posed to their supply chain. So they really started their preparations uh, at that time. And, and many of them articulated that they had meetings, you know, on how they would move forward and adapt. And most of them have been operating with, you know, additional PPE, whether it's gloves, masks, and, and they've been working together with their subs to make sure everyone on the job site has enough materials. Um, increasing social distancing when arriving at the job sites. Um, limiting how many uh, workers in the hoist, and in some cases to compensate, you know, adding another hoist to the job, which uh, increase costs, but it'll also 
allow for that additional level of safety. Um, staggering of shifts yes. and um, more, you know, cleaning areas on the job sites where they could wash hands and um, and in some cases, you know, temperature checks upon arrival of the job and, and monitoring that so not to, you know, unknowingly uh, impact any coworkers. So they, they've taken quite a few precautions. This is great to hear the, the precautions are, are being taken. And I think that that can be said about, you know, very many industries. Um, but on, you know, forward looking, you know, as, as the economy, as we attempt to rebound, you know, all we've lost in the past few months and, you know, both the, across the private and the public sectors uh, regarding the financial implications of COVID-19. What are some opportunities that could arise post-pandemic, uh, you know, regarding large infrastructure projects, public-private partnerships? Now, are you already working on some? And, and what do you, you know, expect to see in the next, you know, five to 10 years? Well, unfortunately, I have no crystal ball, you know, with <laughs> what's been going on. It's, it's, it's quite an unprecedented um, you know, past few months, but the activity's been so, you know, robust over the last 10 years. And what I do know is that so many complex projects have been, you know, sketched and are being planned. And, you know, there's a, there's definitely a pipeline, you know, for the future, you know, if some of those are delayed or how many are able to start, I don't know, but uh, I think that some of these projects and what I hear, um, you know, the costs would be greater to delay them or not do them at all. So I feel pretty optimistic that between um, these developers and municipalities that they want to keep going with these projects as much as they can um, because of the cost to, to not do them would, would be greater. Right. And, and they've been penciled in and that, you know, financing has, you know, preliminary plans for financing have been done. And I don't think the country wants to see a mass exodus of construction workers either, you know, um, right. Like it, like happened prior to the recession, you know, that was a challenge bringing those construction workers back to uh, the business. They, they don't want to lose that. Yeah, I can imagine. Thanks so much, Terry. And we'll, we'll end on a, on a big picture question, uh, you know, about lessons learned and, as you think about your experience over the past few months in regards to managing the challenges associated with the current health and economic crisis, what is something that you plan to start doing after the pandemic, something that you would stop and something that you will or should continue doing? This can be personally, professionally, or industry related. Yeah, I think that, you know, as a wholesale broker, we've been um, always conditioned to address the needs of the the clients and the customers immediately because most of the requests and most of the needs have, you know, a significant immediacy uh, right. to the, to the challenge. And I think what it shows is that, you know, don't take uh, time for granted. Uh, I think that, you know, when faced with challenges, we kind of have to address these, you know, on uh, quickly uh, and, yeah, and being in the in the ENS market, you know, is kind of the last option for coverage in many cases. You have to be on your feet, and and you got to be, you know, malleable and service your customers in the best way possible. Yeah, and and we've seen that you know what is relevant. Uh, it's always 
been the case, what is relevant today may not be available tomorrow. And uh, I think that's been highlighted even more. So, uh, you know, handling things, being prepared and, and not procrastinating uh, are key. Yeah, and it sounds like the, the market's done a great job, uh, you know, pre-COVID and then during the pandemic. So, Terry, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, it was some great insights, and we look forward to hearing from you more and keeping in touch. But uh, thanks for joining us for this podcast, and I hope you have a great, great afternoon. Yeah, thanks so much, Rob.